0: Good morning everyone and welcome to my part of the presentation here at our Capital Market Day. Since not all of you know me, let me also take the chance to say a few words about my own background. Before I took over the position as CFO here at Deutz at the end of last year, I spent the last 18 years in the automotive supply industry. Started out in the strategy department of a steering manufacturer, then moved on to the financial area was a plan manager for some time, and then for 11 years I was the CFO first of the world market leader in assembled chemshafts, and then of Bilstein, the shock absorber company. So let me start now with my presentation. Um, We've heard a lot about our dual plus strategy and what we want to achieve in the future, but before I want to also go of course a little into the future numbers, I want us to again focus on today. For us, this message is really important. Sebastian said it, we want to regain trust. That's very important for us. And regain trust means we keep our promises. And so even though the economic environment right now is getting a little more difficult at least, we're very happy that we can say, yes, again, we can can confirm our guidance for this year. So 195,000 engines for this year, roughly 2.1 billion in sales an EBIT margin of around 5%, and even more important, a double digit million euro positive free cash flow before M&A. So we are, and this is also something Sebastian said, we are proud of this. I think uh, it's already pretty good numbers. So if we look a little bit back into the last years, yes, we had a growth of first 23% 23% um, in sales growth over from 2020 to 2022. If we also integrate this year, we're at 17% growth rate. So another 8% this year in sales growth. So pretty good numbers. But even more important, of course, is the development of uh, the EBIT margin. percentage points higher than in 2020. Okay, now you might say 2020 was a different animal, a very difficult year, so let's take that out. But if we look at 2021 to 2022, we doubled our margin. That already is a pretty good thing. Let's now look into the first year of this year and look at the absolute numbers, 63 million in EBIT after six months. That's significantly more EBIT than we made in 2021 in the whole year, almost twice as much. So yes, I think we are well on track in what we are doing. So how are we? How did we do it? Well, we need to look at our classic business. The classic business still is 97% of our total sales. So if you look at the growth rate here in our classic business from the year 2020 to 2022, it's exactly the same as we saw for the whole company, right? 23%. But if you then look into the year on year rate, it's even a little higher uh, from last year to this year if we look at classic because we overgrew on the classic side. So that's good, and it speaks for our products uh, that we're well positioned in the market. But the thing we really want to focus on is here. We are at an EBIT margin in the first half of this year at 8.7%. And that's, of course, also something, if you look at benchmarks, not a bad number anymore. How did we do it? We did learn quite a bit about that already today. Um, Sebastian talked a a lot about pricing. That was one of the absolute key figures. And by pricing, I wanna stress that point again. It was not just passing through the price increases we saw on the market, but it was really cleaning up the portfolio, looking at each product, looking at each customer and see which of the prices we could changed significantly, especially the ones where we had loss makers, which we did have quite a few of. So that is important and that's also important for the few, for uh, the next years to come. On top of that, of course, scale effects helped. Now, the bigger we are, the more scale effects we have. Uh, that's not um, surprising. So, but if we lo- look at our business. Then we also need to look not just at the at the classic segment, but also at the green segment, and that's really a different animal. Um, here, I need to explain some of the numbers. The sales we see here is mainly driven by Tokido. So Tokido is in a rough situation right now. That's uh, we can say. Their products are really not state of the art anymore, especially some of the high runners. So what we see is not a sales growth, but a sales decline. Luckily, this is just for this year because the new products are already in the pipeline and they're coming by the end of the year. So we're expecting a small dip in this year. The market already knows the new products are coming. So that's not a thing that stresses us for the long term, but for this year, it's in the numbers. Um, That's one thing. If we look here down at the EBIT numbers, then that number would look scary if it would just be the normal green segment or just Tokido. It's very important for you to understand that everything we do on the, in the R&D department that is related to green, we don't capitalize. Yeah, you might at some point be able to capitalize these things, but everything we do for anything in green, we is is hitting the bottom line. So it's in the expenses right away and therefore absorbed, of course, but it is a main investment in our future. And this is what we see here. So having looked enough probably on looking backwards, let's look a little bit into the, more into the future. We saw that before, 2.5 billion is our sales um, number where we want to be in 2025. How are we going to achieve that? Well, first of all, we want to sell 30,000 engines more. Petra already presented some of what we're doing here to optimize um, our productions to get the parts out of uh, our production plan. So that should give us roughly 250 million. Then of course the pricing part is not over yet. So we are still increasing also this year's the prices uh, towards our uh, customers. That helps and that, that was also part of the presentation earlier. We are changing a little bit more into bigger engines in the future. That's one of our growth areas. So that also should have an effect on the mix. And then the last part, yes, we have also talked about the service growth, 150 million in total is what we need to get out of this area. So that in the today's economic environment lo- might look a little ambitious, but I want to stress where we stand today. Again, because you remember our guidance one point uh, two point one billion is already a step into the right direction on the production side, we are going to sell fifteen thousand engines more, so we need thirty thousand for this already this year we are going to sell fifteen thousand, so half of that is already done and then on the service business, yes, we are going to grow forty million this year compared to last year, so a significant step and then Sebastian also showed the two acquisitions we did this year in Uh, the service segments, which of course since one was the summer and the other one is going to be hopefully closing at the end of the year, they are not completely or the biggest portion of that are not into the numbers of this. So they are coming automatically on top by the next year. So I think in general we are pretty confident that we are going to reach this sales volume. But sales of course is not everything, it's going to support the profitability of um, our company and we do have a clear target of six to seven percent EBIT margin Uh, so here we do see um, two areas growth is simple scale effects if we go to the 2.5 million that should easily get us here if we remember that service is a big portion of or a bigger portion of that profitability will come i would say almost automatically yeah of course not quite but in that area but the other part is performance and there we are going to we need to look into a little bit in a more, in a different direction from what we've did in the last two years so we said it was a lot about pricing now yeah. now i think in the future we are going to look the other direction so we need to look more at the supply side Yeah, we did have disrupted supply chains the last years that is on a normal base anymore, we are tracking roughly 40 indices um, that look into raw material energy prices and so on. Of those 40, 39 have declined over the last months. So one of our big targets is now, and we set clear targets on our 1.2 billion of purchasing volume, we set clear targets of how much we're going to to reduce our cost base here uh, to help support the bottom line. And the last thing, yes, Petra talked a little bit about already about optimization in production. That, of course, is going to be also going to be a, um, a lever for the future. But on top of that, is not the production-related topic, but our our SG A costs. So if we look at SG costs, we do need to do a lot more on the digitalization part. And then we also have, on top of that, we have a shared service center in Zafra in Spain, where we can also we are now um, hiring more people to grow this area and to have more of our people in best cost countries and not everyone in the high cost countries. So all of that should help us for the future to reach the target of six to seven percent. So we've talked about EBIT. Um, but um, and the sales volume but of course there's other parts and um, i would now like to focus on the next slides a little more about operating cash flow free cash flow and then also on capital allocation and our M A firepower so that is the rough area you're going to see on the next slides For cash flow, yes, operating cash flow, of course, is the first thing we are looking at. And um, if you look at our working capital development here, well, you saw the sales volume grew by 23% uh, from 2020 to 2022. Working capital grew by 21%. If you take out the pricing part, well, then it pretty much grew in line with sales. So not a disaster for the disrupted supply chains we have, but Petra said that not ideal. And so the first thing is, yes, and that is the biggest lever here, is to reduce inventories by the target for this year, 15%, that should give us a significant push in this area. And it is, to be quite uh, frank, the biggest levers of the three normal levers you have here. And the other two, of course, we also need to do, since the supply chains are now much more back to normal, Yeah, there was a lot of discussions in the last year, I think it's also the time to not just talk to about pricing, but also to talk to pay in terms That really wasn't part of it the last year. So there is some, some room to optimize. Same is true, but we're already using it on the factoring side um, as well as on the supply chain financing side where we se- have set up a system which we can now use even more. So where do we want to get to if we look at free cash flow? Four to five percent margin. That's the rough number. How do we get there? Well, we said, um, first of all, um, we want to pay a dividend now, huh? so a uh, dividend of uh, 30% of EPS is w- our normal goal, so that's clear. We've pretty much been in line with that um, and that's of course a goal for the future. But we also want to have enough power for the future for our M&A projects. So 4 to 5% is a realistic number. If we look into this year, we are already well on track, we are saying two-digit di- two middle um, 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 medium to digital um, free cash flow positive for this year. So a little more should be uh, possible if we look into what we are setting ourselves as a six to 7% margin on 2.5 uh, billion in sales, which would get us quite a buy of 100 million in free cash flow. So, but there's another part of it. That's the normal networking capital optimization. But we also need to think about where do we, Allocate our capital and this is something to be quite frank. We've spent a lot of time discussing in the last month Yeah, we've you've heard so much about our strategy. So now the question is where do we put the money? Yeah. and So we look into the three different areas first of all cause R&D and d R&D right now, we heard the number earlier, we are investing 100 million in R&D for green until 2025. So that's roughly a third of our R&D total budget of 100 million per year. So that, well, sound a lot, might sound a lot or might sound not enough. Uh, that's I think this depends on the perspective. But I wanna explain that a little more because There are two things I think you really need to remember. First of all, yes, we are making our money with our classic business and we want to be the consolidator in the market. So if we want to be the consolidator, we have to have the most efficient best on the price side as well as on the mission side best engines that are around. So we need to invest into these. So that's one big portion. But the other portion was also part of uh, Marcus' presentation. We need a good base engine today to use for future applications that might be green. So we uh, saw that on the 7.8 liter on the hydrogen engine. 80, more than 80% of the engine is still the same engine even if it's a hydrogen engine. So even if we invest here in new products, it's also for the green future. And this is even more important if we look at CapEx. In yeah, CapEx, I really, to be quite honest, I really can't split green to a classic business because we heard that the 7.8 liter engine, for example, here, Runs on the same line if it's a hydrogen engine or a diesel engine. It's just the same So all the optimization we are talking about and you're also going to hopefully see uh, While you walk through the production are for either option and if we talk for real fuel refuels, it's clear, right? It's the same engine anyway, so that is also important Last thing on this slide is the M&A area. So I think our normal M&A part is pretty clear what we want to do. There's I I call it normal M&A, we talked about the service segment, Yeah, we heard four to five acquisitions over the next uh, years is what we're planning to do. So there's a base load I would pretty much say on the M&A side. The rest is really up for the strategy. So of course there are options we're looking at. We have a funnel process, but we also, and this is important hired hire the new CEO for the green segment to fight for this money. So we want to look at business cases. We want to see, hey, are we rather going to invest in this option or in that option? I would say from our perspective right now, there are quite a few options open. And so we now need to make the right decision. And that's going to be the fight for the next years. But that might not be enough. If we remember, free cash flow is not a huge number. We want to do a lot on the M&A side, so we of course also looked into our potential firepower. And now there are different uh, um, methods to do this. Um, We've talked to banks, for example, but let me make it fairly simple here. We have right now pretty exactly 200 million in EBITDA. So if we look into a multiple of net debt to EBITDA of three, which is not extremely high, of course, then that would get us to 600 million of potential debt. Looking at existing debt of 181 million, we have roughly 400 million in firepower, which is very easily accessible. We all know, of course, it depends a lot on the target. If we would want to finance something bigger, then we would also need to look at the cash situation of that company. But I think here it's pretty clear that we are well set up for doing more than just what we do today. So that should help us with our strategic direction yeah, to actually prove that we're doing what we're saying here. That should also, of course, give us a p uplift depending on what we're investing in. And then of course, this is also why many of us are here for. We are hoping to see the valuation uplift coming because of all what we are doing here. So let me sum that up. So from my perspective as a CFO, I think we have returned to a solid performance. Not benchmark performance yet, there's still room to improve, but to a very solid performance where I can at least sleep well at night. I think the EBIT margin of the classic segment is already pretty good. Still room to improve always, but, but good. And then that's uh, the fun part of it, I'd say, sufficient firepower for the future. So that's all from my side and I'll hand over to Sebastian for the summary. Thank you.